Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today I am here with the amazingly talented Erin O'Dowd. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Glad to be here. Oh, so glad to have you and get to talk with you. Um, so you were telling me before we got on air, we were talking about how the weather is, because that's what we do anymore. And uh, <laughs> we were saying that uh, currently in Tulsa there, uh, it's about to snow today. So uh, yeah. I have to say... <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the first snow is coming early this year for sure, but I'm looking forward to it. And so is my dog. He is a snow dog, so he's ready. Aw, yeah. that's so great. You should have brought him on. I should have told you to bring him on. I even think of that. I, I just, I always think about that too late. You know, I'm an inexperienced yeah. student, so I'm, I'm learning every step of the way. <laughs> we figured that out earlier. He is a husky right. and his name is He's my mascot. So, you know, for anyone interested, if you follow me on socials, you will get to see cute pictures. And we love dog pictures, cat pictures, mm -hmm. animal pictures. We just love animals. That's all. All animals. <laughs> so cool. So we'd love to start off with the difficult questions first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, tell us, who is Erin O'Dowd? Um, she is me, uh, a human person. I'm like, oh gosh, I'll take this down to the molecular. I could, <laughs> uh, I'm an artist and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I, I play soul driven Americana. That's what my old publicist came up with. Uh, and I, I kind of liked it. Um, it definitely suits my music. So it's a mix of like classic country and I love all kinds of music. I love, um, old soul, classic country, you know, um, seventies rock and folk, like psychedelic kind of stuff. I like everything. So, um, that kind of reflects, I think in my music, you know, being a fusion of, of different influences and comes out in something that I think is unique. <laughs> Beautiful. Cause I was listening to your, uh, debut album. I was checking out, um, old town today and, and it was just awesome. I was like, Oh, this is great music. You know, why oh. haven't I heard of her earlier? Like, you know, <laughs> so Thanks. Yeah, yeah, there's so many great artists out there. I think I have that feeling every day when I just yesterday I discovered like three new artists and I just kept going between them on Spotify. Like, I, I don't know, I'm having like album anxiety. I want to like sink into a whole album because that's, that's my traditional way of listening. And I think it's the traditional way of listening. But you know, today we get a lot of singles and it's easy to kind of fall in love with the song and never get to know the artist. And I think that it it has its perks, you know, we get to hear about so many more different artists, but sometimes it's hard to sit down and really like mm -hmm. focus on music. <laughs> and um, yeah, tangents, musicians are full of them. So <laughs> absolutely. And you know, it's funny, because when you said that, I was like, I'm, I'm the type that I love to listen to someone's album. And then when I they have like a new album that comes out or their debut or if they've released singles, I kind of liked not that I compare it, but you can just see the growth in an artist. It's amazing if you're not adapt to looking at that or just being open-minded to see what's happening chronologically, if you will, 
it's just amazing to see those changes, those inspirations, you know, the growth in an artist sometimes. And it's, it's amazing. That's all from perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. I think it's weird as an artist, like it's interesting going through that transformation process because there, there's a part of you that still feels like the person that made the old album, but then mm-hmm. yet like, you know, you've changed. But sometimes like when I listen to the old songs, especially if I'm not performing and I'm like having to listen to my music, which yeah, I know I'm not incriminating myself. It's that sometimes I do to like remember the lyrics or just like think about the song, you know, keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it can really take me back to that place in time. And I guess that's kind of what it does to the listener, except for they didn't live the experience. You know, the songs I write are very much inspired by my own experience. And so (laughs) it can be a little bit much sometimes, like sometimes I'm like, I can't play that song right now. Like I'm not going to perform certain songs because it's, it's a certain memory or, or a feeling, you know, that it gives you, it's very powerful. Um, And it does affect us. So I know, for me as an artist, I'm really mindful more and more of the energy I put out in the music. Cause to me, it's not just about the words um, or it's not just about like the music, like it's about the message behind it, you know? Um, And I hope this doesn't like come out super critical, but sometimes I I listen to people who I think are really great artists and musicians, but I don't connect with the song and nobody's going to connect with everything. But sometimes I think it's cause some people focus more on like writing something catchy or interesting, but it might not really have much of a message to it. You know, Mm -hmm. not that it always has to be serious or anything. Um, But, but I can, I feel like I can always tell when somebody's like, Oh, you really think about what's the, what's coming out of you, you know? (laughs) And, um, but, but, you know, like I also love Bob Dylan's like Dadaistic songs that are just like, what's happening. I love, I love all the imagery, you know, it's all good. It's all music. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's like I used to say, like, there are some of the most popular songs in like country music back in even the 90s. And I would be like, yeah, I'm just not really into that song. I'm like, it's a good song, you know. And then like songs that didn't like make a top, you know, top 10 even. There were some really great songs that you were like, why is this not doing better? You know, but you're right. It's just about listeners connecting and finding the emotion and everything. And, you know, and even when like some of those artists don't sing their own songs, which that that gets difficult and can change. Because yeah. then they have to portray that song. They have to be the the actor or actress or whatever you want to call it to bring that message out. Oh, that's so true. I was actually having that thought just a few days ago. Um, I was talking to someone and yeah, Emmy Lou Harris, who's one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. And she is a great songwriter, but early on in her career, she really didn't write and she just interpreted other people's songs and they were just so incredible. And I, I remember that, I I discovered her later in life. Like I didn't grow up with um, being exposed to that kind of music. So I fell in love with country when I was about, gosh, like 20 years old. And I discovered Amy Lou and Graham Parsons. And I I already liked Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. You know, I knew the basics in high school and I loved them and got made fun of for liking it. But I'm like, the highwaymen are awesome. Like you guys should listen to vinyl. Friends were all like, I don't know, probably still playing with Tamagotchis and at home in their closet. I don't know. <laughs> I graduated <laughs> five. So, you know, it was a weird time in the world. Social media wasn't out yet really until I mm-hmm. hit college that year. And anyway, so I discovered that music in a different, you know, different time and place, but yes. Amy Lou, I, I never realized she didn't write those songs. To me, those were her mm-hmm. songs. Like she still owns those songs, you know, yeah. 
like a song is such a moment place and time. And I just love that, you know, that you can, it's about interpreting that song and, and yeah, I, I would love to write songs for other people too. I have some that actually that I'm kind of hoping to get into that in my next go around in Nashville. Cause I have some songs that I've written and I almost feel like I, I channeled it or something, you know, and it just, it's like, I can't ever imagine performing that, but I love that song, you know? And so I, I have no problem giving those ones away and just keeping the ones I know that like really vibe resonate with me. And yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of, of, you know, people, you know, like Emmy Lou, tell me who are some of the women that have inspired you musically? Oh yes. Well, Loretta Lynn was another huge, huge one devastating blow recently i mean i think we we all knew that it was coming at some point i actually had thought about that last time i drove by her ranch because she's just such a gem and she she was so tough till the end you know like she still touring still you know she had slowed down recently but yeah anyway it's she was just so influential for me like when i actually was writing a lot of the songs on old town i was listening to um i want to be free a lot that was my favorite record of hers and I just stare at her photo and listen to that, like watch the vinyl spin and just like, man, this, I want to just do, if I could just do a drop in the bucket of as good as these songs are, it, <laughs> you know, and she, they were also autobiographical too, but I also loved her fire and like thinking, man, you know, if I said some of the things she's saying, you know, even just in the music scene in Tulsa at that time, people would just be so pissed. And I'm like, she did this back in the, like, back in the day, you know, when women couldn't even have a card she was just like just writing these great screw off songs and i just like adored that you know and she just had balls you know i don't know how else to say absolutely it. So no that's exactly just, that's true she's amazing and that, that reminds me of that elizabeth cook song sometimes it takes balls to be a woman and that's the song that got her banned from blacklisted from country radio um she recently posted about that i was like well I'm not surprised, but they missed out because she's Elizabeth Cook is excellent. Uh, I love her and her album Apron Strings. And yeah, I gosh, I mean, she's one of those artists too that it's like if the industry was different, she could be mainstream. But I always tell people, you know, if they're only, if I know people that are only listening to mainstream music, which isn't that many, but I'm like, you're missing out on so many great artists, you know, if you just wait for someone to tell you what to listen to. And don't get me wrong, like those artists are great too, but only so many people can fill those slots. And so I think a lot of my favorite country artists were not <laughs> actually uh, anything to do with top 40 until the more recent ones, like Casey Musgraves, Marin Morris, uh, Haley Witters. Like I adore them and they're, they're all so original. And I love that mainstream country is like embracing that. Um, but yeah, my, my first main country influences were definitely really, really old school stuff. And the older, the better, the Carter family. <laughs> uh, yeah, gosh, there's so many women. I know I'm going to think later and remember like five other names I should have said. So <laughs> like, oh, Sister Rosetta, you know, I know that's she's the godmother of rock and roll. But to me, like very country, though, I mean, I think country music to me is just like anything that came out of people and um especially back in those days that music was so fluid and and there was so much happening and being created at that time that I just I just like think it all kind of influenced each other absolutely yeah I mean there was so much crossover if you think about it mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Some of what we call country now is really, I mean, it, it feels like the the 90s pop, if you will. And, and I, you know, I'm not going too far into that, but, you know, when, you know, Shania and Faith start crossing over there, you know, you can just, you know, there's more pop now. It's like, you know, mm. yeah. You just see that yeah. in the mainstream at least. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And, and I think because I love all kinds of music, I, I can appreciate it. And I'm not mm -hmm. a purist anymore i definitely was at one point in my life i'm like that's pop and i don't like it and now I'm, now that i'm older i'm just like i'm not gonna not like something because it's popular because it seemed like when i when i was younger in that teenage it was uncool to like anything popular you know and so now i'm like okay now that i've, I've abandoned those social pressures i'm like i just like what i like and yeah. i like you know i've always liked artists that could play any kind of music um, I've just thought it's so interesting that you could kind of morph and do a lot of different styles. And, you know, I don't really have the guts. I haven't had the guts to historically do that in public, but it's something I do at home. I'm like, I'll sing whatever. I could be belting Adele or I could just be uh, singing an, you know, an old like gospel hymn to myself. And it doesn't, to me, it's just all beautiful and I love it all. So no complaints. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely not complaining. I'm just saying you can see that transition. That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I love music in general. There's, and like I said, if I relate to the song, great. If I don't relate then I'm like, yeah, you know, that's just not meant for me then, you know, I'm not the audience of it. And, and I, I fall, I personally, I fall more toward the storytellers and the, the full story songs. Um, not that mm -hmm. I don't like as Nashville calls it the sippy cup songs. Not that I don't like those, but uh, you know, <laughs> I couldn't hear what you said. The, the sippy the cup songs. Cup Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not into those either. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. They're okay, bro. It's yeah. when you're driving around, you're just like, whatever. And you're like, okay, that's a good tune. It's like, yeah, that's it. Like there's, yeah. you know, it's like, um, right? Like. Yeah. It doesn't really stick with you. It doesn't, it doesn't move you or change you. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, this is cool. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm with you on that. And if I could throw out a few, uh, favorite male songwriters too, I would say like Guy Clark, John Prine, Towns Van Zant, storytellers, you know, oh God, Jerry Jeff Walker, Chris Christopherson. I mean, there's so many amazing writers from that era. You know, sometimes I, I, I feel like there's not as many women writers from that era. And I guess I'm just like, perhaps the industry bias, you know, cause, cause I feel like compared to new artists, there's a lot more artists that I could tell you about. I don't yeah, know. I think that's, that. that's absolutely. Just yeah. Because I mean, uh, like Dolly Parton, I mean, look, look at, I will always love you. For example, I, just, I love that. She said that she turned down Elvis because he wanted to own part of the rights to her song. And she's like, no, it's my song. You're not owning it. Like I, I, I don't blame her. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't have mm -hmm. done the same thing either, but that's the point is back then a lot of women that wrote songs ended up not getting the credit. They got paid in, you know, I'm not saying it went under like some of these big guys names, but you know, a lot of times it was, okay, well, now this guy owns it, even though you wrote it, here's your pay for it, kind of, a, you know, and it's like, when you think back, and you're like, God, how many women could have wrote those songs, or or wrote those songs and never got any credits, or, you know. That's so I forgot about that. That's a really good point. Like, the the pen names, you know, they would use, and like, a lot yes. of the, the authors of mm -hmm. so many of our classic books were also women, yeah. you know, yes. behind bars. You can't do that, because you're a woman. Yes. I'm even I grew up with, with that kind of stuff being thrown at me. My family was very like traditional old school, 
um, very strict, you know, conservative religious. They're like, I wasn't allowed to wear certain colors. I can have boys at my birthday party, you know, but I think thankfully for me, I kind of always saw through that. I was like, this isn't right. I knew, you know, so, um, you know, I never feel like if somebody does something wrong, I'm not like, Oh, who raised you or your parents? And it's like a popular Southern thing to say. And we had those phrases, but I'm like, it's who you choose to be end of this day. You, you're not going to blame your parents, you know, because yeah. Um, even somebody like me that grew up with like a lot of abuse and stuff, I'm, I'm a great person because I don't mm -hmm. ever, ever want it to affect me again, that I went through that. A lot of people go through that stuff and some people blame it and they say, well, that's why I did it. I'm like, no, that's because that's who you, you are. You chose to yes. be that total tangent, but you know, music is <laughs> <it's> deep. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's, you know, it's so true though. And, and people choose to be who they are. I mean, and that you know, you can choose to see the best of things or the worst of things. It's, it's your choice. I mean, not ever, and I always, we all have good days and bad days sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just, it's who you choose to be. Some days, okay, you're having a bad day. Don't take it out on others. Just try to, you know, I try to isolate if I'm having a bad day. Cause I'm like, I don't want to upset anyone. It's not anyone else's fault. It's just yeah. stupid stuff. And you know, that you can't control and you're like, oh, I can't control it. I gotta let it go. I know this, but sometimes mm -hmm. you're just like, I wish I could do more, you know, but. Oh yeah. I I can relate to that, that for sure. I like to, okay, I'm going to go to my hidey hole for the day and listen yeah. to some music, read some books or whatever I need to do to manage myself. Because like I said, you don't want to put that on somebody else. Like that's your, your like my, your thing. And, and it's so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now we've got off some tangents and talk some really good stuff <laughs> here. Would you like to answer the 20 crazy questions that we do? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. I probably won't get arrested. Real fast, though, because I can't hardly see. Hang on a second. <laughs> it just, apparently, this snowstorm is coming in a, a little quicker than we thought. Ah. <laughs> I can see the sky. It's getting a little ominous out there. So let's do this. <laughs> okay. So before, um, okay, well, let's see what kind of apocalypse is snow, cold apocalypse, right? This next, next yeah. ice age comes, we will mm -hmm. start the questions. Here we go. Tell me, what is your dance like nobody's watching song? The song you have uh, to dance to. Um uh well, there's a lot of them. So the last one I might have done this to was Don't Stop Believing by Journey yesterday. <laughs> which that was a song that played incessantly at the bars I worked at when I was like 21. And I, you know, I hated the song obviously at that point because it was just played too much. It's it's a great song. Faith, George Michael, you know. We're seeing a trend here, like motivational songs. Uh, <laughs> needed that. I mean, need that. But but I have a lot of them. Like uh, Shania Twain on Friday, it was Shania Twain, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. And I'm like, I don't care. I love that song. It's a great song. I can't. I grew up on that song. It might be a sippy cup song. I, I'm not. I guess it's not. It's not like girls, trucks, jeans. But yeah, I, right? I don't know. I'm going to talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay well what's the perfect uh workout song or genre oh well i don't really work out <laughs> i exercise though I, I walk with my dog and i don't bring music or headphones so like i think i have to sit that one out because uh, well the closest thing i guess would be even the the, the stuff that i just dance to by myself because that's sometimes <laughs> the exercise i do is i just dance in the house and i sing 
while I dance and I interpret, I used to dance. Um, when I was younger, I did like ballet and point briefly and, but I've always just liked more just like dancing, just dancing on your own, honestly, or with friends, fire, you know, having a fire or whatever, just having fun. Perfect. So tell me what are the top two concerts you've ever attended? Oh gosh. Okay. Well, earlier today I decided that maybe the best concert I've ever seen was um, Bob Dylan at the Tulsa theater. And that was the last time, the most recent time I've seen him play. I've seen him play three times now and he's 80 years old. And I just thought, you know, like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody play so like play so well so effortlessly you know and and just like it was nothing and and so much depth and emotion and just like the storytelling you know we all everybody loves bob dylan and like also his different tour like every tour he has a different kind of band he puts together and a different take on the songs and, and this <laughs> this show was like it was very country rock and roll honestly like it was very very awesome and i, I didn't know what to expect the last time I had seen him at that theater was like five years ago and he had done like a Frank Sinatra rendition night like after doing all of his classics which people said well he never does hits but he did all the hits and I was so happy because I hadn't seen him do that before and um yeah he just so so creative um so I'm gonna list that as one of them this I'm really in the hot seat now <laughs> like it's so confused. um I did get to see John Prine perform at Americana Fest 2019. And that was really special because that was the last Americana Fest that he played. And that's my favorite week of the year is Americana Fest week. It's so, so great. You can hear some really good, real country musicians. You can hear anything. And that year too, I just, I got to see so many artists perform that I loved. And um, Yola, I absolutely adore her. I got to hear her sing at Soundstage Studios. I think that might be the best time, like, that wasn't even a performance, but that might be the best, like, <laughs> time thing. She was just warming up, and it literally shook the building, and we were walking down the hallway, and me and some other random people just stopped and just, like, stared at each other, and we're just like, what the, was that? Like, that was so, it was like Aretha Franklin was there. I mean, it was, like, she has that good of a voice, in my mm -hmm. opinion. She is an awesome songwriter and a talent, and... Um, I can't wait to see her actually play a show because even just, yeah, I, I didn't really get to hear her little session cause I was, I was working, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'll leave it at those three for now, even though you said Beautiful. two. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, tell us a few, uh, artists that we need to listen to before we die. Oh, um, well, obviously me, you're going to have to go <laughs> look me up. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion, right? Um, we're supposed to do that. And other artists gosh this is really hard um i threw out hannah bethel earlier i'm going to say that i'm going to say a band that i saw at this year's americana fest um played a showcase with her was lady couch and they're kind of blowing up right now in the nashville scene they just did a, a um a band well the band this is going to confuse some people the band that's called the band um often has there's tribute shows called The Last Waltz. It seems like every city has that, but they've done one in Nashville recently with Lady Couch that's they're just really incredible. I've never heard anybody do that accurate yet original cover of, um, they did uh, Atlantic City 
like all a band, but you know, it's a Springsteen tune and that was really, really cool. So I really enjoyed seeing them play. Um, I don't really know the the band members, but there's the, the lead singer guy and then mm. the girl and they just do this really awesome, like Leon and Mary thing. Like, cause vocally they, they, to me, it almost sounds like Leon and Mary. I'm um, talking about Leon Russell. So it's just like kind of a wild, they have so many different styles and, and influences there that that band is really cool. I'll have to go check those out too then after the after everyone checks you out after the interview yes <laughs> oh tell us do you have any guilty pleasure music you know the music that uh, you don't admit to listening to hmm i don't know anymore i think like after the last few years i don't know that i really feel ashamed of anything i know that sounds weird but i just like i used to feel a lot of that but i'm like i'll tell you anything i don't care <laughs> <laughs> me so, too. so there's no no baby <laughs> shark on your favorites list well I, last night i listened to the band called the association for like hours i kept listening to a particular i was just really in a 70s like dad rock set sad wait it's not called what is it called like it's like smooth 70s rock um and so I forget, unfortunately, I forget the band's names a lot of the time because maybe they've just got like a few really well-known songs. So I'm now I'm ruining the question. But um, yeah, I was listening <laughs> okay. to the song just like over and over and over. And it was, <laughs> and it kind of felt like guilty pleasure. Yeah, because I was just listening to those bass lines that were just so funky 70s. It's just great. Well, hypothetically, if I came to you and said I need to hide a dead body, do you know a good place? Um, I heard there was a lake in Utah that everybody does that at, but I don't, I, I'm probably not the person to ask. Okay, so don't call you, in other words. <laughs> don't, don't call me. I don't want to, um, I, I think my record is pretty clean, you know, but, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we all have an FBI agent, you know. <laughs> I think my record is pretty clean. I want to keep yeah, it There's two people way. watching us somewhere. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they're um, watching me. I ask everyone where they're hiding dead bodies, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse? Ooh. Um, probably something like that SNL skit, uh, the Halloween one, and I just watched it recently. Where I think if I became a zombie, I would probably like take the arm. Like I think that's the character he has. Like somebody, other zombie. Like he bit off somebody's arm and he's using it to like whack people. And then that's how they're keeping the zombies away from them. But they all end up getting bit. So I don't know. Maybe it would be better just to to join the dark side and just become a zombie because you're going to be, you know, you're, otherwise you're just living in fear, trying to ward off the like inevitable. Good point. Uh, so, in your opinion, tell us what job would you be terrible at doing? Mathematician, anything with math. Mainly because I don't like it. I used to say I was bad at it, and then I realized I just don't like it. Um, <laughs> See, not bad. I just I, don't like it. Yeah, I, I'm really good at like I can do like quick math with money and stuff because I worked as a server, you know, for years. And honestly, that's when I felt like I liked math was when I had a job where I actually had to use it. And it was interesting uh, or it was it was beneficial and it was interesting because people would be like, 
okay, what's the change on this? And I could tell you like really, really fast. I got really good at it. So the only reason I wouldn't be good at it is because I don't like it. I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> Perfect. So if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? Buy a house or two nice. or three, or you know, real estate's big these <laughs> days, but you know, I wouldn't want to become one of those like Airbnb flippers. It would just be for me, <laughs> you know, so that I could travel and have a place to stay. Cause I like having, when I travel, I want to feel like I'm at home if I, I can. I just, I don't know. Uh, I would do that, but I love to travel. So I would also probably take off on like the journey of a lifetime I've always wanted, and which was originally in my childhood, Egypt. I was really obsessed with Egyptology. So I, and I, then I, as a teenager, I fell in love with that book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, where the character takes on this journey, he learns alchemy, and he goes to Egypt. And it's like this whole very, very cool story. Um, and, and I kind of want to go like recreate that journey. Yeah. That would definitely be cool. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's the last thing you read? The last thing I've read. Well, okay. I'm reading several books right now. I usually have a few at a time. So Elton John autobiography, I am absolutely loving. And the, the last book I finished was actually Lemony Snicket's, uh, the reptile room. It's the last in the series. I loved it. It was great. I listened to the audiobook because I've gotten really into audiobooks. And sometimes you just need like a fun, you know, enjoyable, mm-hmm. yeah. pleasure, if you will, book, you know. And actually, I think the story, it, the story is great and the writing on them is awesome. And the, as an audiobook, I highly recommend because they've got even music that they composed for the audiobook. And the songs are cool. They're very like 80s. I love it. It was a really awesome. cool. I'm going to have to check time. them out. Mm-hmm. No, do you prefer boots or heels? Boots, boots, always. Yeah. If there was a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? That's so funny. Someone else asked me the other day and I said, Sissy Spacek, but you know, she already did a coal miner's daughter. So <laughs> I can't take that one. Um, who did I? Well, yeah. And see, then I just didn't know. I know that's lame. I, I just I have no idea. <laughs> that's a, it's okay. If you wanted to pick Sissy Spacek, you can do that. That's okay. okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm actually going to call everyone up tomorrow and be like, hey, we're making a movie. You know, I, yeah, no, okay, I'm, I'm not that talented. I mean, I have some movie connections, but not like to make a whole bunch of like autobiographies, you know, yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> that's good because I was feeling a whole lot of pressure for some reason. I, was like, I, have, to, I have to have a good answer on this. This is important. No, there should be no pressure. It's supposed to be fun. Get to know you. That's it. That's true. Yeah. Although this next question might be difficult. Where's Waldo? Right here in my heart. Aww. <laughs> Loved Where's Waldo. Those were my like favorite. Those were so fun. Oh, those were Aww. really fun. Spy was okay, but I Spy got a little overwhelming. And Where's Waldo was just like cute and fun. It was always mm-hmm. a fan. Absolutely. In fact, I, I just realized my first boyfriend looked a lot like him. And now I'm like, oh, God, it's all making. <laughs> I found Waldo. <laughs> Where is Waldo? Oh, that's really funny. Oh. I need to move on. To... Okay. So first boyfriend was Waldo. We got that. Okay. In your opinion, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Sliced gluten-free bread. Since that's what I have to eat. 
and it is good the gluten-free stuff people are like oh it's gluten-free i'm like it doesn't matter it tastes good there are some some gluten-free things that are better than you know and sugar-free that are better than the regular you know i would agree i'm with you so would you rather cook or order in oh well i'm gonna say order in cooking's inevitable i love to cook i do it all the time and sometimes i'm just like nope and I love to eat out. So, you know, sometimes ordering in, it's like, okay, you don't really feel like going out, but you don't want to cook and you want something specific. And it, it's great. It's such a luxury. I love it. It's fun. Well, in your opinion, what's the worst pizza topping on your gluten-free pizza? I'm going to say mushrooms because I'm allergic now. <laughs> and <laughs> I used to love mushrooms, but like then I, I became allergic and I'm really sensitive to mold, so I can't have mushrooms. And like, it's the one thing that sometimes they forget, you know, if I say no mushrooms. And actually I ordered pizza a few days ago and they got it right. And I was like so happy because it seems like if the pizza, um, if it's like a specialty pizza and mushrooms are supposed to be on it, they'll forget a lot when you say no mushrooms. So I usually don't risk it and I just like create my own. But no, this pizza was great. It, it had green chilies and it was Papa John's and that's probably my guilty pleasure pizza because their gluten-free crust is actually really, really good. And, um, they're always, I've never had any issues, you know, with, um, with like getting sick or anything. It's always been yeah. awesome. And cheap. It's cheap. Yes. I, and I love, I love going to like where I live. We have some of the best local pizza shops Ooh. that I'm like, Cause we have like a fire coal one and then, yeah, I'm like, Oh, you can't beat that gluten-free fire cold heated, you know, in that kind of an oven. So what do you wish would magically clean itself? The puppy, the house. Definitely the whole house and the puppy. <laughs> everything. We should everything would clean itself. No, he does not like baths and it's really like a difficult task. And, um, I've got him, I've convinced him to like grooming cause I called it a spa day and I started giving him like a treat, like a bone afterwards. And his, the last place we took him to gave you puppuccinos. They even had like little coffee cups for dogs with a logo. It was, it was over the top, but it was cute. And so now he's like obsessed and he wants to go back and get more puppuccinos. And, um, so, you know, dear Santa, send me hundreds of dollars to groom my Husky cause it's expensive to groom. And yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's a task. And he protests if you try to do it yourself. People are like, just do it yourself. I'm like, you don't understand. This is like, I've literally taken days off work, entire days just to brush him in intervals and wash him and then clean the house. And so we're going to say everything. Yeah, perfect. And yes, big dogs can be a lot, especially when mm -hmm. they're, they're like big babies. And I like to say that oh. because it's like trying to hold up a, you know, anywhere from 60 to 90 pound dog and then wash it. If you, you, yeah, that's, that just doesn't, yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. You're right. Uh, I'm lucky. I have under 20 pounds where I can be like, look, go in the sink. Oh, oh so. but maybe not for cats. Cause I, I had a cat that would, would absolutely lose it if I tried to give him a bath. Yeah. So some cats are good with that. Some cats are not. Um, yeah. We have, we have two cats in our house right now. One that will jump up on the sink. And since we have that automatic, put your hand there and the faucet goes on. That's his new obsession. He's like, oh, oh, until we catch him yelling because he's on the counter. <laughs> That's cute. And then we have to go Clark's account, but it's still funny, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. off on tangents again. Tell mm-hmm. me something on your bucket list. Um, go to Peru, Machu Picchu, I'm going to say. Mm, I recently had Peruvian food for the first time on Halloween, and it was excellent. It was so, so delicious. And I would love, love to eat some of that. They have this drink called chicha, and it's purple corn juice. And I thought it's funny. I kind of got obsessed with the I love corn kid and the song that was made about it. It's corn. And so like, then I had, I had the corn drink and I was like really happy. Oh man. It was so, so good. So okay. Good. But when I you go, to- make sure you send lots of pictures back. Cause that's some place I, I always love- wanted to go. Oh yes. Yeah. I heard it's hard to get up there too. Like to get to Machu Picchu specifically, you have to like take a bus up and then you have to hike. Mm-hmm. And even before you get to the bus, you have to do like ride a llama. I mean, it's like, a, it's like a thing, it's a, but I think that's what it's makes like it a journey, exciting. you know, that's, that makes it so much more exciting. I think, you know, there's something about accessibility. that's like, oh, if I could just like drive there, it's not as interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, if you could be a person like Dolly Parton, Loretta Lynn, or a position like a CEO or I don't know, mm-hmm. doctor who, or what position would you want to be for one day and why? Well, Dolly Parton, <laughs> that's actually a great suggestion. Now I'm like, oh, that would be cool. I, I really enjoyed her. I've listened to three of her books lately, I think. Gosh, she has some really good books. Dream More might be my favorite, but I love her her um, album. Sorry, her book that she wrote with, uh, I think, James Patterson. It's like a mystery. Oh, man, and it's so good. And the, the story, the character... It was inspired by Dolly's life. And and I felt like that was some of the coolest insight I got into who Dolly is as a person was was hearing that and go, going, okay, I know the locations in this book because it's a songwriter that goes to Nashville. I'm like, I know Dolly's story. I could kind of hear her influence. Okay, this probably really happened to her. Oh my gosh, like, yeah. And it was really relatable to me personally too. And um, I just thought Dolly has the most interesting life too. She talks a lot about her, you know, her habits in her um, song teller book. I'm forgetting, and that's probably not the name, but um, she, she talks about a lot of her songwriting process. And then in that, in the James Patterson mystery novel, she talks about herself because she actually is a character in the book, but she has a different name. And she talks about how she just was like, I could stay at home all day and drink coffee and not talk to anybody, but she loves to keep busy and, I know she just does so much every day. It would just be so interesting. She's so such an amazing woman and she's so well-loved and she's so kind to everybody. And I think that's the part I love the most about her is, is how she's just like, I believe in, you know, making everybody feel special and good. And I'm like, that's, that's how I feel. And I, I try to embody that, you know, I can be a little sarcastic too, but so can she. So I'm like, I can do that. I think I could do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's funny because when you hear her get up at, and I, I always call them working in healthcare during my day job, uh, doctor hours where, you know, doctors get up at like 4 a.m., go to bed at 10 p.m., you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But it's kind of funny because when you hear, like Dolly said about, you know, her hours, or, or, you know, and getting up at three and four in the morning and, and writing. And then, yeah. you know, it's like, it's so unique to hear that because, you know, other songwriters are like, oh, no, we don't go to bed till like 6 a.m. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you have any words of wisdom that you live by? If so, what are they? Ooh, I feel I have a lot because I need a lot. <laughs> I have a lot to get me through every day. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm always writing, so I'll write it down a lot of them. I'm trying to think. 
I wish I could look at my notes because I, I wrote <laughs> a whole thing today about relationships and I think I'm going to post it at some point, but I think it was basically just talking about like, you know, be yourself. Don't worry about what other people think of you. That's probably the one, the one I thought about the most today that I needed to get through my day. I was like, you know, some people have some really strong opinions about you and what you do and they want to tell you you should change and be different. I said, just totally disregard that, you know, because I think whenever people have opinions like that, you have to look at the context. Like, is this someone that I really respect that I would li want to live how they're living? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. When somebody tells us that, you know, we're if you're especially if you're a good person that's trying, you know, so you don't need to listen to all that negative it's not constructive criticism, even though some people try to pretend like it is. And especially as an artist, you know, this this could be for anyone, but for artists specifically, I would say, you know, there's always somebody that's going to tell you, you should play more fast songs, or you should be on TikTok more, or you should do this. And I'm like, you know, like, you should stop talking. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I just casually disregard that stuff now. And, and I really tighten my circle as far as who I really let close to me, because I'm a really giving empathetic person too. And I know a lot of musicians are, you know, and it's, it can be a hard battle for many of us to, to set personal boundaries when our profession is such a personal profession where we to be so vulnerable and, and share parts of ourselves. You know, I think for me and for many of us is the struggle is to learn how to do that, you know, to how to find that, that sweet spot that you can have, you know, your own boundaries and, and know how to make it work for you. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And for any more uh, words of wisdom, make sure you go follow Erin's socials because she's apparently going to post this whole thing. So yeah, <laughs> go check it out. But uh, before you do that, let's we have one more thing we want to talk about today. And that is uh, you have working on a new album. Uh, we're not going to tell the title or anything away, <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're going to start to do with the new album. Well, I would say it's it's definitely the, the follow up to my my initial album, Old Town. Um, so to tell you what it is, I'll tell you what, you know, old town is not. So old town was kind of a tribute to my hometown and which was Tulsa. And, um, even the title means Tulsa in the Creek language it was named for. And it, it's a very storyteller album. It tells a lot of personal stories and experiences. It's very emotive and, and, um, greatly inspired by an on and off again relationship I was in, you know, don't like to give too much mystery, but yeah, there's a lot of flow to the album as well. And so this, this album is going to be like, it, it's like the transformation. It's like the chrysalis, you know, the next step forward and, and album cycles, they take so long, especially with like the 2020 apocalypse time, you know, interrupted and some personal health issues I had. So it's, it's been a lot of time since I've written some of the songs that are going to be on this album, but I would say thematically, still all fits together because you know like personal growth it's not an overnight process you know it takes years and and I know from the last album for me like it took so long to get that out that I think it actually even though it was very frustrating how long it took to do what I wanted to do um and even then it's like I have so much bigger goals right but but like I thought, you know, oh gosh, this is not gonna be relevant anymore or you know maybe I'm not gonna think these songs are good anymore but actually like they got better. And I think in the end, the collection of songs I released was 10 versions different from the, the original songs I had written, you know, about half the songs were new. Um, and I think it ended up being a lot of a better album. So, you know, that's my hope for this one as well, is that just, I know my writing will continue to evolve and then having the right 
the right players and recording in the right place with the right energy, I think it's really important for what, what I'm doing um, and trying to do with it. Absolutely. Definitely. And, and, you know, that growth will be seen easily. And, you know, that's one thing everyone has said when they've done albums, uh, you know, it does take time to put out. And I forget who said they had wrote, um, they wrote a song probably about 10 years ago. Someone else had recorded it and they recently released it maybe a few years ago on their own album then. And I'm like, ah, so the, the point of that is good music is always, it's classic. It's endless. It's forever, you know? So mm-hmm. as long as it's, it's relatable in some fashion and form, I mean, I think, yeah, it's always relevant. Most music yeah. is, you know, we can see that big turnover on styles and things like that. And, but, I think good music is always relevant. Yeah, I agree. I, I was writing earlier that I think like a song never dies. You know, it keeps on yes. reverberating, mm-hmm. ripples, and especially with recording technology, you know, someone could discover your music in like 300 years and be like, this song changed my life. And, you know, you may never know about it while you're still in the flesh, but yep. just knowing that could happen, it really motivates me and inspires me to keep going. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad. I'm definitely looking forward to the new album. So, well, Erin, you are welcome back anytime. Okay. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. It was a great conversation. It was lovely to meet you. Oh, my pleasure. And lovely to meet you as well. And thank you all for joining us for another episode. Have a great day, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.